Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews and recommendations for whatever we read this week. Amy, what did we read this week? We read Metro Girl by Janet Ivanovich. I feel like that's the appropriate way to say that title too. Metro Girl! (laughs) And if I could do a convincing American accent, I would even try it in that. But I won't. Instead, Uh I will invite you, Kimberly, to do the spoiler-free recap. Oh, thank you. I would love to do a spoiler-free recap. Why not? Metro Girl is a contemporary... Ugh. We we wrote down romance, comedy, mystery? Yeah, I feel like that kind of sums it up. It's not a romance. <laughs> Janet Abanovich well, doesn't really do those. But it has like There's always like a girl sizzle. and a guy. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's actually the perfect term. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Janet Abanovich would be like, that's what I was going for. <laughs> and our main character is Alexandra Barnaby. Oh, that's right. And they call her Barney. Barney. Right. Yes. So I can't remember any of their names. I remember his name was stupid. Hooker? Sam Hooker. Yeah, so proud of myself. (laughs) Do you know what? I feel like sometimes it must seem to people listening to the podcast that I read these books like three months ago and that's why I've forgotten all. I literally cannot remember the names of peoples in books. Peoples in books? (laughs) I'm going to back that up. All the words. I cannot remember names a day after I finish the book. I only recall the name while I am reading the book. As soon as the book is over, it's just that chick, that guy, that quirky neighbour. I cannot remember any names. What is that all about? Well, I remember names, but not so much plot details or key icky moments. So there you go. I guess we all have our strengths and weaknesses, don't we, in terms of our memories. So Alex Barnaby, known as Barney. This is why you and I are just a perfect team. (laughs) Alex Alex. Barnaby works so in insurance. She just works in, insur- in, in insurance. But, but she grew up in Baltimore and her dad runs just like a mechanic shop, nothing fancy or special, but she grew up essentially fixing cars and working in the shop and then reached an age where she decided that she didn't want to work on cars anymore or be around, you know, car men and etc. So she went to university and then ended up in insurance. She has a younger brother Wild Bill Bill, Barnaby. And Bill is kind of a no-hoper. Like he's he's not he's well meaning and he's not a malicious or cruel person at all. But he's just that guy. He's what we would call a buffhead. He's a buffhead. He just kind of floats through life and has jobs and then doesn't want to do them anymore. And and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Goes off places on a whim. Yes. And he's known as Wild Bill. So the book opens with her getting a phone call from Wild Bill in the middle of the night, wakes her up, and he is essentially like, I just am ringing to let you know I'm going off grid, I have to, I can't tell you anymore, blah, blah, blah. And then she hears the set, what sounds like gunshots and a woman scream and the line goes dead. And she can't get a hold of him. And at that point, he is living in Miami in Florida. And so she and oh, and the other thing he says is, if anyone calls for me, don't tell them anything. And if someone called Sam Hooker calls looking for me, tell him to go like stuff himself or it's whatever. Like, Kiss my ass. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I wasn't sure what we were allowed to say on the podcast. Um and so yeah, and so she immediately, as every good sister would, takes some personal days from work, gets on a plane, flies to Miami. She then is sort of half expecting to turn up to his apartment in Miami and just find him passed him out, passed on the sofa, out or, surrounded yeah, exactly. by beer cans. Turns up, 
And his place has clearly been tossed. Like, clearly someone has gone through there searching. Ransacked and looking for something. So she goes down to the marina because he works on a really expensive, gigantic yacht. And so she goes down to see if maybe he's at work or if work knows where he's been or when people have seen him. Plus, he he said something about his boat, about a boat in the phone call. So she's like, I'll go down to the marina. Turns out he had quit his job like the day before or a couple of days beforehand without notice and then hadn't had any problems at work, blah, blah, blah. But someone had been murdered at the marina. And while there, she meets Sam Hooker, who is a NASCAR driver. Very famous. So famous. A NASCAR. I don't even know what NASCAR is. Is that the one where they just go round and round in circles? I think it's like loud cars driving fast around a track. Okay, whatever. So she, sorry, we're probably offending so many people. People probably love NASCAR. I don't know. <laughs> I've heard of NASCAR. so I, I don't know whether there's an Australian equivalent of it. The thing that happens in like Bathurst where they drive round and round. Is that NASCAR? I thought that was Formula One racing. I don't know what that is, but maybe it's car racing. Formula One and NASCAR are not the same. Thing. I don't really know what NASCAR, you keep t- describing it and I'm going to okay. Google what NASCAR I'm sure looks it's like. the one where they just go really fast around like a circular track, whereas like even Bathurst is a bigger track than that. Anyway. It's like around the whole town, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Formula One is a bigger track. You look it up, I'm okay. going to explain. What this is? is not important. We can cut half of this from the episode. <laughs> anyway, so he's a NASCAR driver and he's on break for the season and wanted to take his boat out on a fishing trip and is cranky pants because it's gone. And he says to her, Bill stole my boat. He called and told me he was going to steal it. I'm really cranky about it. Now I'm on holidays and with nowhere to go. So basically, then fate essentially throws them together to start investigating where Bill is and... Yeah, it's like those cars that are really flat to the ground going, and they just drive around in circles. Yeah, it's like the car from Cars. But I don't know how whether it's like you have to go around the most amount of times or the quickest or what the deal is. That's a good question. Yeah. I think it's that thing where it's like you have to do 100 laps and whoever wins and does 100 it's laps called, first. It's stock car racing. Yeah, okay. Is that what that is? Yeah, that, I, that is what I've heard it as well. I think so NASCAR must be the kind of brand Is it like in that episode racing? of Top Cut Gear where they just go around a track for like 24 hours? I think that's it. Oh, okay. I All think right. the idea is you have to do like 100 laps. Though don't I think they do a lot of laps in Formula 1 too. I don't know. Anyway, look, obviously this part of this book is lost on us. Uh, <laughs> can, do, has the subheading for this episode, blah, 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 Kim and Amy try and work out what, what the NASCAR, NASCAR is. <laughs> do you know what else is like the but worst? But it's clearly, the thing is, it's clearly not important to the story. I was about, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> the, word, the most futile part of this conversation is he is on break for NASCAR, apart from the part where you just have to understand that he is very famous in Florida. And drives has, cars. And drives cars for a living. It has zero, like, actual standing on the Well, on the he book. keeps saying, I'm NASCAR guy. And, yeah, that's And right. I just skip over that because I'm Me too, because it like, makes me eh. cringe. Anyway, and so basically then they go on a romping adventure to that kind of leads them all over the place. Shenanigans occur. Pretty much me saying, like, there's more detail than that in the blurb, if I'm honest. But they meet, so they meet some, there's a, there's a girl involved, obviously she's screamed in the background. There are some thugs 
involved and there's some gangsters, there's some gangsters from Cuba who seem to be involved and Castro and there's a completely random like friend of hers from Baltimore who they run into in the first like and 10 his, minutes his schnauzer and his schnauzer and he like knows some people so they all kind of it just ends up they just kind of collect this kind of cast of characters who all help out and kind of have their back to try and solve what the problem with Bill is and Bill's well liked so everyone's happy to kind of get on board that and everyone um, there's breadcrumbs about Bill everywhere. People's like, oh, Bill! Yeah, I know him because of blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's pretty much these two people who have no idea how to investigate something, bumbling along, trying to investigate it. And it just is very unlikely as time goes. Like, it's just kind of one unlikely adventure and after another. Sam Hooker's trying to, like, smarm his way into Alex's, oh, Alex he's Barnaby's, Barnaby's good books. And she's yeah. like, excuse me, I'm busy. <laughs> and she's like, I don't want anything, you know, I know your sword. And he's like, you do, darling. And so he's like, you know, got that drool going and rah, rah, rah. So he is just trying to, like, jump her bones for the whole book pretty much. <laughs> and that's kind of it. I mean, anything else is just me telling you all of the plots of the book and what's the point to that. Yeah. That would be spoiler-full, not spoiler-free. So that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Not my best spoiler-free recap, but whatever. That's nice. Pretty good. Amy, you're up first. What did you think of Metro Girl? I feel like you read this This book. We bought this book when we lived out west. Right, because we went through a whole Stephanie Plum Yeah, before it got repetitive. Yes. Um, I have – this book is a guilty pleasure for me. Sure. Because it's – Have you – It makes me – it's so silly. It's so frivolous. Have you read it more than once? Yeah, I have read it more than once. But I don't – it's not like something that I read, you know, five times a year. I might read it once oh, every no, three no. or yeah, four. Yeah, I'll yeah, be like, yeah. what was that book? And it's actually a book that I remember I – the copy that I lent to you, I found at a book fest. Yeah. Because the copy I had was like, oh, this is such a stupid book, and I gave it to Vinny's. And then I was like, oh, what was that book? Yeah. <laughs> and you can't buy it digitally. They don't seem to have a digital version in Australia. No, but they you don't. Yeah, but you can buy the hard copy. the physical copy. So then I found it was like, oh, Yeah. That's a book for a very specific mood when you're just like, yes. I need something re I need something that's like sweet popcorn. It's really light, but enjoys it and then afterwards you're like, oh I feel sick. <laughs> no, I don't feel sick. Yeah, that metaphor didn't go very well. Didn't go very well. I tried. <laughs> it's not it takes like two hours and it does have a lot of moments where you're like, ha <laughs> Yeah. The moments yeah. that I've laughed at on this read aren't the same moments I laughed at like 10 years ago. That's fascinating. I love that. Which, what is that about me? Is it about social mores? Whatever. But I still had some laughs at it. I love Colin the Schnauzer. Colin, Colin loves the a biscuit. is so great. A, loves a, a spice cookie. A spice which cookie. Which I really liked because I also like spice cookies. And what I thought was quite fun was it is a bit like this snowball and it just keeps rolling and getting more and more and more people attached to this yes. snowball. Yes. There's arms and legs sticking out everywhere and they're driving around in a stupid, stupid little mini that yep. seems to be Bill's car and it gets more and more ridiculous and then I did quite like the mystery. Sure. The mystery component of like, well, what is Bill, like, what's he actually doing? What's he doing? Yeah. And you've got to have some, there were some good villains. Like, yes. The villainy was good. The ending Though was a little very, bit rushed. Um, the very, are very like Bond like, villain from yeah, the 1970s. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's like 
Bond villain 1968 type. I do agree with you that the ending was rushed, but I also think that's the only way it could have been done. Yeah, it had because to. <laughs> once this reached a cli- its climactic point, it kind of had to end in a hectic rush. Like the and then the, the only the thing they kind of had in their favor was the element of surprise. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like if someone if someone attacks this? you, the only if you have no skill and no strength, sometimes all you've got is to like manically and insanely attack them back as fast as possible to like freak them out and then run away. Which is kind of what they had been doing for the book. Don't worry, she didn't spoil it for you. It's I okay. didn't. That isn't what happens. So I do enjoy it. It's and just it is an something, metaphor. It is something I reread for a very specific mood. Okay. And it's one of those ones where I don't want too much, like, I don't want to have too deep cognitive load when I'm reading. I want to have a bit of a laugh. But what I also want, is, there is actually a second book to this, but there's no more because what we yes. know is some of the series that Janet Ivanovich writes, she writes two books in and then fizzles out and writes her 18th million Stephanie Plum. That does seem like, to be a vibe for her. Dangerous, like the, Curious Minds curious and Dangerous Minds. minds. And dangerous Minds. The, night and Moon. Night yeah, and moon? Night and Moon, which you remember character names, which we really enjoyed. Well, because it's Night and Moon. Isn't a third. Yes. There should be, but there still isn't yes, a third yes. book. So this one, though, Metro Girl, you can just read as a total standalone. Yeah. And that's really, that's nice. I love a two-hour standalone, light, frivolous, can have a bit of a giggle. Great. Boom. With a dog. That I can laugh about. Yeah, you love it with a dog. Love a dog. Mm. So is that then a recommend from you? It is from me with all of those, like, mood caveats and things like Uh that. Yeah, it is a a recommend. And it will go back on my shelf for when that mood strikes. Yeah, certainly. Okay. You have to ask me. Kimberly. And to just offer my opinions willing. Kimberly, what did you think? I think when I'm in the mood for a book that's, like, frivolous and silly and popcorn-y and blah, 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 and... I don't want to have to think too hard about it. Mm-hmm. These kind of books are, I wish they were that for me, but so often they're not because particular things about the relationships annoy me so much mm. that I can't buy in. You know what I mean? Like the guys are too, well, I've been, and you're like, ugh, you're creepy and gross. Like just, <laughs> yeah. And so normally I really struggle with these kind of books because I know that you're supposed to just be able to turn your brain off, but for a whole host of reasons, either the girls are stupid or the boys are, you know, awful and kind of misogynistic i just can't buy in because and and i because i can't turn my brain off because it actually still lives in there i actually found this walked that line beautifully like i was totally able to just go along with the ride and it is utterly ridiculous (laughs) but i in that kind of manic insane sometimes life is ridiculous i found it super realistic like do you know what i mean that kind like of wild when, ride the like jennifer cruzy when we were like well, there's not demons, so much, but it's they were sort demons. of but i it, there's just that i because they don't do anything that they are not skilled enough to do they're just lucky again and again and again and again and again and <laughs> they just don't stop and they just keep moving and as a result they just kind of literally bounce from one lucky scrape to another lucky scrape and I really enjoyed that I thought it was it walked just the right line of 
okay, I can, yeah, I can still buy in. That's it's not a screwball action comedy. It's That's what it is. It's a screwball action, action comedy. We finally got to the genre. And it had a little bit of, like, fool's gold yeah. for me. Yes. <laughs> it kind of had those vibes for me, that kind of adventure. You end up on a boat potentially looking for treasure, that kind of style. I thought uh, sidekick characters were fantastic. I really enjoyed the cast. They were great, weren't they? Janet Ivanovich writes those kind of sidekick characters so Sassy well. Sassy sidekicks. Sassy sidekicks. She does really well. And don't get me wrong, oh, my gosh, when I say, like, it's popcorn and you've got to turn your brain off, these are not deep characters. They're not well-fleshed-out characters. They're also, even right down to the dog, characters she has in other books like honestly it was almost like janet ivanovich had just fed all of her work into some kind of algorithm and been like give me a new book nazcar <laughs> and it had just like gone all of the components of your previous books now smushed into miami and nazcar and she was like great thank you so everything in there appears in her other books <laughs> but the things that i really enjoyed about it when i was reading it i was like i love that this is a standalone i had to i actually went and looked it up and i was like is it a standalone Standalone because at the end it felt standalone. The second one's called Motor Mouth. I know. I, I never read, read it. I looked it up and I was like, I'm never reading you. Like Motor Mouth looks terrible. Yeah. Let's end on a high. And that's like so. That, yeah. So basically, I was like, I wrote because I was writing notes as I was reading it, and I was like, I'm so glad this is a standalone. And then I have an adjustment to my note in my phone that just says. So it turns out it not it's not, but I'm going to pretend forever that it is. So, uh, so the problem that I've always had with Jenna Devanovich is her on again, off again, on again, off again uh, relationships. She writes them terribly. It's I and, it, all, and con- constantly, constantly, and I'm just it's I'm, it's so boring. It is so boring. Either like poop or get off the pot. Like that's where we're at, friends. You're either together or you're not. Like I just don't care. But just stop making it my problem. And I like where they end up in their kind of whatever their relationship may or may not be i mean they don't seem it's not a romance they don't seem destined to make each other happy for the rest of forever that's for sure but they could Um, have some good times they could make each other happy for a ride now and so where they end up i'm satisfied with i don't feel like i need anything else and it kind of gives like a hint to what their future might be and that's enough so i was really satisfied at the end of this book and then i was quite happy for it to just be a standalone and it because i treated it like a standalone it essentially has everything that i love in stephanie plum with none of the things that i hate (laughs) about stephanie plum so yeah i thought that was really cool as well And like I said, I thought the guy was going to annoy the absolute bejesus out of me. I was really ready for a character who kept talking about his Nazcar and but was she, called Hooker. But she teases him about, like, it's, she finds it's treated him, it was. It actually worked effectively because I went on the exact same journey she did. I found him really obnoxious and annoying, and then over time she was like, ugh, he's starting to grow on me. And I was like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, and she was the same. There were moments where I was like, oh, buddy, you're annoying. And then I was like, ah, you know what? It's okay. If nothing else, her characters are consistent. So I was kind of happy with that. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I recommend it. And I will probably read it again. I can't promise that I will read 
that I won't read a Jennifer Caruzzi instead of this because I just love the added element of like ghosts. Yeah, or the demons. <laughs> or the demons. Like well, I let love me her. be the keeper of the hard, the single hard copy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah certainly. And so I can't promise that. Yeah, I'll rush back and read it. But if I were to read, like, feel like a Jenna Devanovich, which often I do, I would read this and I would read the Curious Minds, Dangerous Minds, yes. whatever. Yes. And that that is it. Like I too scarred to go back to Stephanie Plum, but I these books are terrific and I really enjoyed Metro Girl. So that means it is a trash that we treasure. I think it is total tr- like it is trash, but I treasure it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in that moment of unison. Yeah, it's nice to be in sync. Thank you so much for joining us and please tune in again next week. We'll bring you more spoiler-free recaps, Re- reviews and recommendations. You can join in. For whatever mind. we read. And until then... Happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.